Welcome to Steve's Cottage with Steve Horner. Steve Horner, a former radio talk show host, helps spotlight the source of today's social chaos while offering practical solutions to the problems negatively affecting you and your family. And now, here's Steve. You didn't set the time. You did. I'm sorry, you did. I'm just looking at, you know, I was just looking at the uh, opening. I really like that opening. Sean came over to my place and uh, over to the cottage, and we filmed that. And I had uh, I had scripted it, and then he gave me some tips. And uh, that's a great opening. And then you and then you felt you found that uh, theme, and you said, "This is it. Can't ever do any better." Well, I'm just enjoying the new arrangement here in Sean's uh, studio. Here, I come over to uh, Utah Tech right here in in lovely St. George to do the show. And then, uh, and then I get out of here about, uh, you know, late afternoon and go back to the cottage and uh, work on next week's show while I'm popping a cold Keystone Light. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I'm Steve Horner. It's a, sure, that, that's a pro- probably the most improv opening we've had because I didn't think the clock was running. But, you know, the improv is good. And I'm so happy to have you here uh, in the cottage uh, metaphorically, of course, uh, joining me as we do uh, 25 minutes of stirring dust. Uh, there's nothing here that you'll hear on, Sh- on on Hannity or any of these other uh, programs, and I have high regard for all those talk show people because I've been there. But uh, I am now in my semi-retirement years, and uh, I'm barking loudly here from Steve's Cottage. The title of this program is called Wilmer, Minnesota. Apathy gone haywire. Intriguing? Oh my. Wait until you hear the theme song which connects to my title. Ready? Get that band going, a nice little easy guitar, and here we go. No, it isn't very pretty. What a town with too much pity can do. Wow, huh? I think it came from Peyton Place or something like that. It isn't very pretty with a town with too much pity can do. We've got too much pity out there, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, the poor immigrants, or the poor black people, or the poor Jew, or the poor... It's never the poor white guy, is it? No, you know that is never the poor white guy. Why? Well, I guess God created us to be special, and that very attitude, which is conclusive from the attitude of always bastardizing the white guy, that is racist and sexist. Totally. They don't know what the hell the definition is. Racism and sexism. I'm a guy who believes that we're all created equal by God, and it's our different behavior that sets us apart. I was working with the Linder Farm Radio Network. I was promotions director for a number of years there in Wilmer, Minnesota. Nice little farm town, about 100 miles due, east, uh, due west of Minneapolis and St. Paul. 18,000 people when I showed up. It still has 18,000. There's a problem there. Lots of lakes, big lakes, small lakes, 
I was married, Joyce and I, two kids there, a couple of horses, dog and a cat. I mean, it was sublime. Go right out my door to do cross-country skiing or snowmobiling or swimming down the lake or uh, hockey uh, in the wintertime. I mean, it was a, we had our own little resort, and it was only like seven minutes back, wood, uh, back, uh, back roads to, uh, between the, uh, the home and uh, to the uh, radio station. And uh, Joyce, we put the kids in daycare now and then. Joyce was a, a teacher at the public school. And, uh, and uh, it's, it's, a, it's a community of Scandahoovians, you know, German, Norwegian, uh, uh, Swedish, and, uh, and uh, Finnish, and, uh, and, uh, and, and, you know, that part of the world all emigrated to uh, places like uh, Wilmer, Minnesota. And lots of churches. Oh, Garrison Keeler. Uh, this is like... Um, Garrison Keeler is, uh, what was the name of his town? Um, Sean, help me with this. Garrison Keeler in, uh, Garrison Keeler, he was in Lake Wobegon. Got it. Thank you, sir. And you didn't help me. I, I, I pushed the brain. It's all you. I pu- it's all me. Thank you. Lake Wobegon. This would be a Lake Wobegon. All Lutherans. A lot of churches, you see. And, uh... And uh, the the station I worked at, uh, you know, had an FM station, and now they got a bunch of stations. The FM was right across the hallway, and uh, and uh, I was working at the AM, you know, news, weather, sports, typical uh, Americana, you know, well listened to uh, hometown radio. And uh, Harry Linder, a man who came from uh, South uh, Minneapolis. Uh, in 1940, opened it up. Everybody said, Harry, small-town radio is not going to work. He proved them wrong by bringing them local sports, news, and weather. And uh, Harry is a legacy in the uh, annals of uh, Minnesota radio. He gave it to his uh, two sons. Sons gave it to the grandchildren and uh, went to hell from there. <laughs> At least I had some issues with them. But, you know, third, gen- third generation, uh, that's the way it typically goes. They didn't run it in the ground. I think they're doing fine. But uh, I couldn't. Uh, I, 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 they weren't my cup of tea. Okay, so I eventually went back to the uh, Twin Cities. I started in Billings, uh, Montana, my first radio job, 1973, after graduating from Brown Institute in Minneapolis. And then uh, you'd think I went uh, down a step to Oaks, North Dakota, but not true, because then I became in, uh, got involved in management. And when you work uh, at one of the, uh, the hometown radio stations in these, m- I mean, the farm industry in that part of the country... Billions of dollars exchanges, huge equipment, huge labor, huge, uh, um, huge, huge, huge prices on these uh, on, on on the uh, on, on the markets. A lot of corn and and uh, soybeans, and uh, boy, I'll tell you, there's just a huge amount of money that goes uh, in and out of those uh, small farm communities in the Midwest. And then I went to um, good old KWLM in uh, Wilmer, Minnesota. And uh, Joe, Jack, and Bud, Joe, Jack was the mayor and a great guy, and uh, uh, he was on a lot of different uh, national uh, state committees, and Bud was a favorite guy of mine, and Joe was a favorite guy of mine. And, and I remember one, and, and it was really fun to come into their studio 
when they were doing the hot stove league for about uh, 20 minutes every morning, Joe would be doing his pipe and the windows, you know, 20 below and uh, frosting up and it was warm and cozy in there. I, it just gave me a great warm, like at grandma's type of place. And they'd be, you know, you know, ch- you know, snacking on homemade cookies that somebody had left by and, and hot coffee. And, uh, and they, they, they'd talk and get into some real funny routines and uh, it was just fun. And I'd be popping in and out to get my commercials in order and, uh, and uh, listening to these guys and just felt really, it felt like a real, real family. I, I just really was uh, enamored by the whole thing. And I lived there for seven years. And of course, Joyce and I were married and had a good time. One morning, some lady called up uh, and spoke to Bud. This is after the uh, hot stove league ended and Bud was on the air by himself, you know, doing the morning news, weather, sports, playing music. And a lot of commercials. And uh, the lady said, you know, Bud, I don't want you to use the word gang. What are you talking about, lady? Well, you're, you're, you're calling. You're, okay, gang, let's talk about uh, a little bit about the weather. How is that offensive? Well, you know, Bud, you know, there's a lot of gangs, you know, out there these days. And we just don't want to encourage them. How absurd. Bud said, well, that's ridiculous. This is like, this is like our own gang. This is like my friends. This is like a, a, a community, you know. And uh, yeah, but, it, you know, it, it, it has uh, connotations of inner city problems. And she didn't want to be, uh, you know, she was politically correct and that crap, you say. And uh, it turns out that she was one of these uh, new uh, cunts. You know what we mean by cunt here, don't you? On this show, it's C period, U period, N period, and T period. It's an acronym. Yes, women do have their periods, but men, we have our... Exclamation point! Exclamation mark! Mark point! Bingo! We mean business. We're table pounders. We should be anyhow. So it's can't understand normal thinking. And uh, the more these women become appointed and or elected into, poli- in, into places of public policymaking and authority, the more this is proven to be true, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, the Constitution keeps us from being gender um, biased in our hiring, as it should be. Equal protection under the law. But we don't have to vote for them. We don't have to vote for those who appoint them. Women are sentimentalists. They're not pragmatists. We men are pragmatists. We understand cause and effect. If the damn thing ain't starting, we know how to go to the source of it. Women, they'll just buy something different or paint it a different color. You see that with all the crime going on in the states that they had. It's pathetic. So these women came in from the Twin Cities with their big government salaries, with the WIC and the HUD and other handout groups, you see. And that started in the 70s out in places like Wilmer, Minnesota. Now, this is in an area where, you know, a lot of farmers, and I'm out in the farm with a lot of these guys doing promotions, and I know that sometimes they'll talk about black people and they'll say, yeah, the N-word. <clears throat> and I'm not going to say that here because I used it once just to say what Chris Rock says, and uh, YouTube took that episode off. So there are a bunch of f- snowflakes, and I'm not going to uh, 
I'm, I'm, I'm not going to push any buttons there. But, uh, but uh, when Jesse Jackson came out to work with Willie Nelson on one of these big uh, 1970s uh, pitches to save the family farm, I was out there with my sponsors and my promotion ideas and, and, uh, and, and had uh, you know, huge crowds out there. And so I talked to the farm director later on, and I said, you know, uh, these people are, have a tendency to sometimes use the N-word, and I see them out here <clears throat> shaking hands with Willie Nelson. I mean, not with, well, with Willie, but also with Jesse Jackson. I said, that's a little hypocritical, isn't it? He says, yeah, but then they just go inside and wash their hands. <laughs> and that's about the long and short of it, folks. And what did these farmers start doing then? Instead of continuing to hire the local high school kids at 11 bucks an hour to detassel the corn so that it matures properly and, and, uh, and, 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 and uh, reaps the right benefits off of that stock that it should have during its growing season, they get these damn Mexicans in. And it was endorsed because the women, like Wick and Hud and some of the wives of these husbands, well, it's a town with too much pity. What a town with too much pity can do. No, it isn't very pretty. And the men, saps. They sat back and just let it happen, probably out there promoting it. Of course they were. And then the uh, cunts came in at Hormel. It used to be called Genio Turkeys. Genio is still out there, headquartered in Wilmer. But then Hormel <coughs> came up from the south, southern Minnesota border with one of their extensions. And the cunts run that with all of their handout groups. The federal government pays them to subsidize the employment of these Somalis. So now it's, and, and, and the women in the town and the churches, they benefit too because the government subsidizes these Lutheran churches to sponsor these Somalis. And these Somalis hate Americans. They don't, they don't like Americans. They're not patriots. They don't try to learn the language. They don't, uh, they, they, they don't assimilate. They don't want to. They don't think we ought to be here. You see? And they'll walk four abreast downtown Wilmer and anybody that opposes them, they'll knock on the street. And they'll actually shit in the aisles of the grocery stores. And my friend, former Steve, Councilman Steve Amon, who was ousted by one of these sissies from running again, told me he witnessed it. Couldn't get the police on him. So the sentiment of the church is, oh, well, they just don't know. We just don't know. We want to help them, though. Too much pity. And the men should have been banging on the desk saying, bull crap to that. But no, they hid behind the closed doors. They went in and washed their hands and kicked the door instead of doing something civilly. So now you've got a town with too much pity. You got the Somalis, you got an angry community, and they're still at 18,000 because nobody wants to move there. It's a mess. And it's all over the country. <clears throat> it's all over the world. Have you seen the numbers on 
immigration around the world? Huge. Astonishing. Hundreds of thousands clamoring to get into the border. I, I have lunch now and then with my friend Michael. Uh, he's a Bureau of Land Management, BLM, not the Black Lives Matter crowd, the jokers, the idiots, the fools, the chumps. No, these are real live people with real live helpful jobs at the Bureau of Land Management. So we have lunch now and then, and I said, Michael, tell me about, uh, I, I can't understand these, uh, the, the Jew-run press. Some days the illegals are up and sometimes down, and then Biden's plans are working, and then it's all, he says it. Nothing's working down there. They're just trampling old barbed wire area, and they're just coming in, and they're let, being let loose, and they're running amok, and then they find somebody with handouts. They find somebody with pity. Huh? Too much pity. Yeah, we want to help those, don't we? Because we're sentimental cunts. And so then the husband or the man of the hour or the guy, uh, the, maybe he's a fruitcake al alphabet person, so, so he's got, uh, he, he or she or whatever the pronoun is of the day. So there's too much sentimentalism or too much political correctness going on there. And so nothing gets done there. And uh, that's pretty much the way it is all around the world. And the reason that is, is because they are able to see what we in America have accomplished with all of our beautiful homes, all of our beautiful vehicles, our roadways, our billion restaurants, the children that are in jail and changing to alphabet people, the banks that are going under, the collapse of the marriages, the crime sky, uh, skyrocketing. But what they see on the satellites and uh, the Internet is, hey, I want to live there. Hell yeah, that's my place. I want to live there. I'm going to just sneak into uh, the closest uh, Western civilization and live that. I don't give a damn what they say. So it could be France, could be Germany. And, of course, the cunts there are saying, wow, that's right. We have a lot of sympathy for these people. We have a lot of pity. And those who should be standing up and, and uh, blocking the borders and changing the laws, changing the laws, well, they're apathetic, sympathetic sentimental denizens of know-nothing, do-nothing, USA, Germany, France, around the world, Spain. And, uh, and, uh, and, and, and look at the homeless encampments around the world. Oh, these poor guys, or oh, these poor gals. I was talking to, uh, you know, I was talking to, um, I, I wanted to buy some flowers for my friend Ernestine. She was a, uh, a sweet, beautiful woman I met when I was, uh, after I left uh, a radio station that I went to in, uh, in Minneapolis after the divorce and did the single parenting thing. And, of course, that's all available at stevehornerbooks.com. SteveHornerBooks.com is where you can buy my books. The single parenting book is what I'm referring to now. And, uh, and so after the kids were liberated, got out of the home, they were 17, 18, whatever, and uh, they wanted to uh, get uh, back to where they, uh, their mom was living in Phoenix. And uh, so I raised him for 17 years uh, full-time, and uh, I felt, well, I did a hell of a nice job. And it was very re rewarding on my part. 
So, uh, so I hit the road, and I ended up in, uh, at KTAR in Phoenix, the home of the Suns. <laughs> the kids really didn't want me there. Dad, are you chasing us? Are you following us? Ah, uh, well, it worked out for a while, but then, uh, and then, I, and, and then I got out of there. I, I, I was just a little bit too rowdy for the uh, for a big uh, station like that. But they liked me, but uh, it was just too rowdy. So I ended up in Bend, Oregon, at KBND. Met Ernestine at church. Uh, beautiful, fun gal. She was uh, a product of her Chinese mother. She was raised and went to a Catholic church, Kamala Mala. I think she said, in uh, Honolulu. Born and raised there. Chinese mother and a tall, strapping, good-looking Portuguese father. And uh, so we hit it on for a long time, about a year, and and had a good time. So we stayed in touch. She uh, was having problems with brain cancer, and then she had some diabetes, and then she's had an amputation. So I shopped around to buy center flowers. So I called KBND talked to the new general manager, and I had been a talk show host there at KBND. And I was talking to the owners of the stores downtown, and, I, and they said, God, we got all these little fruitcakes, all these little drug users, all these people that are just raising hell with our customers. And I talked about that on the air, and I was immediately silenced. The Chamber of Commerce woman called and said, you can't talk that. I said, well, let's nip it in the bud because it's only going to get worse. So now 20 years later, I talked to Jeremy, who was a general manager at KBND, asking him who are some of the most favorite florists in town because I want to send Ernestine a bouquet just to feel good on her 70th birthday, you see. I like going out with these younger chicks. Well, so anyhow... Uh, I found the name, and, uh, and I said, uh, how's it downtown? Well, they are all over. They are, they are uh, bad. They are causing chaos. They are doing, Jeremy, you're locked up in political correctness. Are you talking about the homeless? Yeah. Are you talking about the drug users? Yeah. Are you talking about the fruitcakes? Yeah. And then we opened the door to real man conversation. He says, they're running amok down there. They're not mentally ill. Sure, there are some that are mentally ill, but they're screwed up from all over their drugs. And they've been enabled, entitled, and you can't talk about them any decently, and the police won't do anything about them. And I said, well, I was trying to prevent that 20 years ago, but I had too much sympathy, too much pity. And guys like you maybe, no, he said, I'm from Wyoming. Okay, fine. I respect some of the politics in Wyoming, except for Cheney's uh, uh, cunt daughter. Other than that, pretty good state. But how did she get elected? (laughs) By feigning to be a rhino or to be a rhino, who knows? Well, so anyhow, I get, I get carried away with this stuff. So he says, it's just horrible downtown. And I said, that's what I exactly what I was trying to uh, prevent. Exactly what I was trying to prevent. And then there's a florist there called Donner. So I called them, and I was around Mother's Day. And so they were busy. I couldn't get through the voicemail. I called Monday, talked about them, and then I called Tuesday and couldn't get through. And then I left a message saying, well, I'll find somebody else. KBND told me about um, this other uh, florist down there. Besides, I don't know if I want to do business with you because, uh, you know, you're probably, uh, you, you, you're, you're, you're downtown and you didn't do anything about the homeless and the drugs and the idiots that were flocking down there, jeopardizing your business. Your business sense was compromised by your idiocy and your sentimentalism cunt style uh, 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 politics. 
So she called back and said, hey, Mr. Horner, I don't know. I think a lot of the stuff you said were inappropriate, but I'm going to give you one more chance here. And I said, F you, cunt. I ain't doing business with you. Don't call me. I won't call you. And uh, you got exactly what you deserve. Now, folks, if you want to take care of some of this, don't vote for him. Keep the man. Keep the man in the picture. Let's start slowing down on these divorces. Let's start slowing down on some of these uh, 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 out-of-marriage childbirth programs. Let's cut back on the handouts so we don't hold the carrot up to these women who want to uh, get knocked up and uh, reap benefits off of the government. And what? What? Oh, my gosh. Are you kidding? 25 minutes is up and gone already? Baby, heck, can I taste that? Absolutely. Ice cold Coors Light. No, I, I guess it's a Keystone Light. Hey, folks, we're going to be back here next week, but maybe not. This is episode 30. I might give it a break. Awfully great to have your company. And as you go through life and you're constantly climbing that mountain, trying to achieve the apex, okay, do like... I have done. Get off of that unencumbered trail and get on to that grisly, tough trail. And, and, and jump into it because it'll give you a better experience. It'll be, give you a better feel for yourself and stronger and better memories. And I'll be back next week and you take good care of yourself. Thanks for joining us. Visit Steve's Cottage again with Steve Horner.